It's the Scene World Podcast. I'm AJ. You're right over there. Hello, AJ. Hello, everybody that is listening to us. Hope you're all doing well. I'm sure everybody is. Great. Uh, momentarily, we'll be talking to Rick Heaton. Uh, he is the community manager for Extra Life, and he's our guest tonight. This is going to be kind of a uh, Extra Life heavy podcast because, well, for a couple of reasons. One is that we're get we're really kind of bearing down on the November seventh date that we have for our live streaming Extra Life thing that we're doing. So yeah, we actually spoke about that since March when we spoke to Michelle Robertson and Chris Crystal Herring. Yes, from the Frag Dolls at the time. Um, speaking of and them, now the new the new group name. Yeah, speaking of, speaking of them, I was going to say that the Frag Dolls. We've we've been promoting since then that we are uh, we're playing on the Frag Dolls Extra Life team, which which is true. But now that we've we're getting down to it, the Frag Dolls team is no longer the Frag Dolls team. So Jurg and I are playing uh, as part of Team Illuminate, which has the 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 remains of the Frag Dolls and uh, and so on. So you can you can check them out and you can check us out and and, and all that stuff on Extra Life. Um. Okay. This is getting old. It is getting old, but but you know it's it's one of those uh, it's it's an audio gag. You know it's it's one of those those recurring recurring things. You know you gotta double the paper. But weren't we promised like twenty years ago already that there will be this paper free office Mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. that never happened? That's and actually. Actually, in the last 20 years, the amount of paper used in the office has increased. Yeah, I, I like to write things down. And, and actually, normally, I just kind of crumple a fake piece of paper or, or you know, like a, a blank one just to make a point. But this time, I actually have written things on it. So wow. this time, it's not, it's not completely a, just, a, just a recurring gag. It's, it's actually, I'm actually Only crumpling up my worksheet. Okay. <laughs> so I guess that uh, the big news that we've got is that that our emulation is live, that you can actually go to the SceneWorld webpage, which is uh, sceneworld.org, and you can now you can view the issues of the magazine directly in your browser. Uh, and, and Firefox is recommended for this at the moment because it's a JavaScript impl- implementation of the emulator, and some things like Safari have some issues with it. Th- this may be fixed in the future. We're, we're working on it. It's, it's an ongoing process. Yeah, we are actually um, working together with Richard Janicek, mm-hmm. who is the vice uh, JS maintainer, and he actually developed that, but put it on ice on 2013 because of lack of interest of the community. So I was writing to him like half a year ago when we discussed with Chris, our webmaster, which emulator we should use, because, you know, one of those things we, we are getting in our feedback chapter for the magazine, like the last 10 years was, I would like to view it in my office, but I'm not, in, I'm not allowed to install Vice on it or any other emulator. So could well, you do plus something it also, about that? Plus it also poses a, it, it poses a barrier for people that aren't, that don't have an emulator and don't know the, the, logistics of how that works and don't want to bother figuring out how to install the emulator which which you know i would say is a lot of a lot of guests that we've had you know i mean a lot of these people they don't really care about you know the the older stuff we're talking to a lot of people that are doing new stuff and and old commodore things they're not so interested in but it gives them an interesting way to see what we're doing 
you know, along with whatever else that we have up there. But it allows them to actually see the magazine, which is the flagship product that SceneWorld is still doing. Well, well, with the exception of Dave Lowe, because he said, I'm not using emulators. I don't like emulators. I'm using the real hardware. Yeah, well. (laughs) Well, he is an exception. Yeah, well, he needs to use the real hardware because he's doing music and stuff. But, so, but but you have been pointing out a couple of times in our past interviews that I really want things working 100%. So yeah. you always have been mocking me for, ah, this doesn't sound right. It doesn't look right. <laughs> well, you know. So we have to give a huge shout out to Gary Falk. He's, uh, he's one of the main editors for, for Scene World who really kind of held our hands through this because Jörg and I sat down and, and attempted to implement this and, and we broke things. So... And also to, to, to Chris, Chris Loinberg, our webmaster, who, again, we tried to change something on the webpage and we broke it and he fixed it really quickly. Yeah. Was, which, uh, which was really good because, because Computech, which is one of our other topics here, uh, noticed us and, you know, they, they informed Jörg that they were going to do some, some pieces on us. And so we wanted to get the website ready for that. And they, they, those things should be live now by the time that you hear this, but, uh. But so he's like, so, you know, in, in a couple of days, they're going to be pointing people to our website. And so we're like, okay, well, fi- let's fix it. And we broke it completely. Well, you deleted accidentally the, the, yeah. the wrong file. But fortunately, there is some caching involved in the new web server that Chris put up. So it actually broke something, but it wouldn't be noticeable other, um, until the server crashed or yeah, something yeah. or reboots or something. So we were lucky there, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's let's talk about Computech. What, what's what's up with Computech? Tell us about. Well, this. they are known for um, actually releasing like the first um, kind of the first commercial commercial disc magazines in Germany, like Magic Disc, Game On, and Golden Disc. Mm-hmm. I think it started in 1988, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and it was actually a commercial disc magazine. Well, of course. There is a connection. He called me and like, hey, I just saw you can be viewed online on the web page now. And it's really easy because you allow people using the mouse and your outfit is um, kind of like Windows. So it's easy to use and you don't have to learn anything, you know, which is something that actually received mixes reaction. Some people hate it and some people like it. Yeah, I'm one of those people that's not thrilled with it but well in this aspect it in this case it helps us in, in this in this case it does it's, it's a good thing in this case because it allows people that don't necessarily know the system to be able to use it you know you can pop into the emulator you can use your mouse you can click on things and just read the magazine perfectly normally without needing to understand how to load up a program how to how to you know swap discs and all that other junk you just load it up and, and read stuff and everything's awesome yeah, and the interface is really a bit like Windows XP. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, actually, it was designed uh, back then in 2000 when there was still Windows 98. Yeah. So this is why it this is why is... it's so outdated. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, yeah. I mean, nowadays, nowadays there are even new um, meta- methods of uh, improving. Yeah, but but yeah, that is something. Put Metro that is in something. There. Yeah, well, that is something. Um, we will have to think about it in the future, maybe. Yeah. But but for now, it's good that we don't have a barrier anymore, and um, it helps also that Gary is um, an English teacher and JavaScript teacher for for a living. So yeah. 
He was like, oh, I know this stuff. No, no problem. Yeah, after we like, spend like four hours typing things in and fighting with it and we can't get anywhere. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, this is easy. I did this, you know, in, in an afternoon a couple months ago. And he, he spent like, you know, an hour. And he's like, there you go. Everything's up. Yeah, as, as LJ said, it's not like perfect yet, but... Um, but that's not our still... fault. That's the emulator itself. That's, you know, we, we have implemented it as perfectly as we can, but, you know, we have to... The the actual, you know, the the, the, the JavaScript for the emulator and all that stuff still needs to be work. It, it's a work in progress, I should say. Yeah. Um, and that's... And actually, we spoke to the um, developers, actually, because the implementation of JavaScript is different in every browser. So, for example, in Safari, it doesn't even work. Safari is a sloppy mess, and I don't know why anyone would use it anyway. But yeah, well, it's a default no, browser. I, on I, Mac, use, isn't I it? use it, but you know, it, it, I, 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 every time I use it, I think to myself, I really should stop using this. Well, now we have another reason. Yeah, yeah. But it's a default browser on on Macintosh, isn't it? Yes, yes. Actually, we should tell people how you actually can run it. You just go to any issue you like, and then um, in the pop-up, there is at the beginning, like, run Scene World uh, online. Yes. And then there is a separated page that is opening. And um, the warp speed at the beginning for loading actually depends on the speed of your browser. Mm -hmm. So you might have to wait a bit till the intro starts yeah and then if you press the mouse key or the space bar you can actually skip the intro yeah and it is it's you know it whilst you might have to wait a little bit to get it started it is still faster than loading it off of a 1541 drive yeah anything is faster than i could i could program the thing from scratch faster than it loads off a 1541 drive yeah, well, <laughs> I could it's, program it's it, good. write all the articles, compose the music, and draw the graphics in the time it would take for it to load off an unsped up fifteen forty one. Yeah, I guess I guess the longest loading time I had was uh, like three minutes or five minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, I guess it was flight. Wasn't it flight two that had a counter that would count down? I don't remember. Yes, it had a counter, and oh. it was like two minutes. 50 or something Oy. it would count down at least it's not a data set yeah. that crap you leave the house you go shopping yeah, that, and come back that and it's can, halfway done that can actually take like 15 minutes it'll take as long as a cassette tape is yeah if it's a right. if it's a if it's an hour long if it's you know a 30 minute per side cassette tape it could take 30 minutes to get that thing loaded because it's got you got to search for it and then it's got to find the file and then it's got to load it and if you're the last file on that tape you know you're you're sitting through 20 minutes of nonsense to f just to find it and then it finally loads up and that's an extra that is why i always wrote on the counter on the tape that's why I just, so i knew that's why i just didn't move. use data sets oh. <laughs> well, so but what else we have on our list well you know again a lot of this is heavily extra life oriented because that's we're get we're counting down to it and by the time you hear this, we're probably about a week out. This is November 7th. We're going to be streaming for 24 hours. Uh, we'll be alternating. We'll be playing stuff. Uh, we've actually already streamed once. We played uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2016 from uh, from Konami. Um, and this is, if you go to uh, twitch.tv slash sceneworld, you can actually see this. We've archived it. Um, I get my ass handed to me by, by Jurg because I'm not, I haven't played a, ga a soccer game in a long time. Um... But, so we tried it. We played it. Uh, it was it was cool. It was a nice game. I enjoyed it. A lot it. of fun. A yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we've, we've kind of tried this. We'll be trying it some more on the 7th uh, when we do this. 
So that's that's a start. Also, while we're talking about this, uh, again, you know, we were we we talked to or we're we're playing for the the Frag Dolls. Or what was the Frag Dolls team is now Team Illuminate, and uh, Crystal Herring, who is the leader of that team, uh, formerly Siren of the Frag Dolls, she is actually going to be your guest at the museum coming up. Yeah, where where hopefully you will take part too. Mm-hmm. I hope so. She she agreed to it. Yeah, yeah. And um, so what did she agree to it on the basis that I was going to be there? No, but it would be oh. cool, of course. I I thought maybe you know she each was other. like you know. Yeah, sure. She was like, I'll only do that if he's going to be there. Nah, no, no. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like HA said in one of the last podcasts, maybe we talk to her in her new position. Yeah, yeah. And and what is that new position? Community manager. Yes, for Twitch. Yeah. So that's that's this is very very heavily uh, Twitch slanted on this one because we're there, there's so much um, twitchiness happening in in the near future for us with with extra life and and the the live stream and everything else that's going on and at this point it's really kind of difficult to talk about much else because because we're we're uh, we're pre gaming for this you know it's like this is gonna this is gonna be brutal. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I have I have to thank Konami for giving out um, review codes so we could play yeah. against each other. Absolutely. And um, well, you know, the thing is, actually, it happened that we did a few things with people like more than once. You know. Yeah. Like speaking to 3D realms a couple of times. Yeah, it's it's nice to. To work with with people in the gaming industry, yeah, it's really really very nice, and um, it's good to see the feedback. And actually, when Gary and and HA and I, when we discussed about putting the magazine online, we also discussed on how to improve the magazine for the next issues and what else we could do. So I think the next year will be very promising. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm excited for the next year because we've got a lot of stuff in the works. We've got a lot of stuff that we can we can push forward with this, and we've got a lot of ideas for for this and for new things that that are that are we're going to try to do. And and we've got we've got a full plate. And, and now it's now it's good because um, we can actually show people what else we are doing next to the podcast. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that we're doing next to the podcast, um, I want to apologize for everyone who's been waiting for the. A video game con footage to come out hopefully it'll be out by the time that you hear this uh, at the time that I'm recording this I'm still editing the footage there was there was a fair bit of footage that I edited and I'm not a video editor by trade I'm not used to doing this and so it's it's the process of storyboarding this stuff and putting it together in a way that does that makes some kind of sense is hmm. not something that I'm, I'm used to doing so so we're getting it. It's getting done. I'm doing it, and hopefully it'll be up and on YouTube and viewable by the time that you hear this, and you can check it out and and see what I did at a video game con. We were gonna do it as a podcast. We were initially gonna release it as a podcast, similar to how we did um, Gamescom, but but you know we started thinking about how. We're doing a lot of these events, you know, uh, Jurg is attending some press conferences and some, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I did the uh, video game con and it would just add so many 
extra podcasts to our lineup if we had to do everything single thing that we did as, as that and so we kind of switched gears halfway through and first we said we were going to do it as a podcast and then i'm looking at it and i'm like well there's no talking through half of this stuff so who the hell wants to listen to you know a, a, a room full of people nobody mm. so so then we decided let's not do it as a podcast and then we recorded stuff for it, and then I started storyboarding it, and I realized that what we recorded didn't match what I was putting on the screen. So it's it's turned into a, a, a process. But for everybody that was part of it and everyone that we, we talked to and everyone that wants to see it, it's it'll be out. Like I said, hopefully it's out by the time you hear this, and if not, it'll be out shortly after you hear this. You mentioned the, you mentioned the press conference about the AT digging yes that, yes that was held yes and actually we decided that that H A will take the audio recording of the press conference that i supplied to him and write a report about it for the next issue yeah i will try that to is do supposed that. that is supposed to come out in our next winter issue around february mm-hmm. or march depending on how well we are we are going so around that there will be this um that gives me plenty of time to procrastinate yeah, well, um, well, I have to say it's really a surprise that we actually made the last issue out in time because we really had some problems within the staff, you know, like cutting half of the leg off and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, I also want to know, in case you are, you are concerned about talking about extra life and... Uh, and um, children and stuff and illness and sickness and it isn't so negative or sad we actually had a very enjoyable talk with rick heaton and there are very some very interesting um details about the fractals the industry Uh the reaction of the hospital the parents the kids so you will hear some things that weren't known so far. Well, yeah, it's not, you know, you, you might think of, you know, sick children and raising money for it and stuff, but it's really, I mean, it's, 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 it's such a, a, a positive thing, really, when you, when you get down to it, when you look at a lot of this stuff. And this is something that we heard when we talked to, to Crystal and, and, uh, Michelle was that it's, it's way more of a, it's more of a positive thing than it is kind of, you know, eh, being bummed because they're sick kids and stuff. Now, this really isn't, isn't a sad thing at all it's it's really cool it's it's for a really good cause and you know that that's that's kind of why we wanted to talk to 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 rick with this podcast because you know it it's we've been promoting this since we signed up for it in almost a year now and you know uh, it's really kind of time that we you know started knuckling down on this and you know so i mean this is really sort of it it really highlights some of the the positive aspects of this and, and what it does and and why it's good and and why everyone should donate to me me and Jurg <laughs> and nobody else <laughs> <laughs> just him illuminate yeah yeah no no it, it really i mean if if people want to donate to us that's cool i would also recommend that people cuz we've got a huge gaming contingent in our audience you know uh, I would imagine that everybody that listens to us, you know, does this. And I would encourage people to sign up for it and, and raise money on your own. You can go there. You can still sign up. And it's not even – you don't have to do it this, this you know, on the 7th. You can do it whenever you want. Yeah. You know, we've got uh, it's, the whole it's, year. And I guess, I guess now that Christmas is coming up and so on, mm-hmm. 
maybe you can give a child some happiness, you know? I mean, it's used for not only for therapy and stuff or, or medics, but also for, you know, a game console for right, parents yeah. that cannot right. afford Christmas presents. Right, right. You know, so, so, hey, you know, if you can't, if you, do, if you can't donate, then take that, you know, take the new game that you just got or your new console and sit down and play some games and, and sign up and raise some money yourself for this. Cause it's, it's, it's a, it's a good cause. And I, I, I recommend. Like, like Rick said, every single person, every single cent helps. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, there is some spoiler in there because he also said, and they also mentioned it on their homepage. They, their one of their plans for next year is to spread across Europe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, it's extra life is probably something that we will hear a lot more of in the next year. Yeah, and we'll be taking part in this as we go forward. You know, I mean, this isn't something that, that you know, this, this is sort of a thing that that initially when we talked to uh, to to Crystal and and, and Michelle, uh, we kind of said, yeah, you know, we'll we'll. You know, they they made kind of an uh, you know offhand comment like, "Hey, you should sign up and you know play for the team and whatnot." And we said, "Yeah, okay." And then because you know I'm I'm like that. I'm like, "Yeah, I'll I'll do that." And then the more that we've done this, and the more that I've I've been paying attention to it, it's like this is something we, that we should do every year. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. we can. You know, next year maybe we'll be we'll have a scene world team and we'll get the rest of the group in there as well. And you know. Yeah. Well, actually, we are starting next year, as we said already, to get the uh, the rest of the team more involved yeah. in the podcast. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a sure thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, we'll we'll really get moving on it, and and again, it'll it, it should be fun. I've got some games lined up that we're going to play. Jörg's got some games lined up and some things he's going to do and whatnot. And oh yeah, song and dance and all that. And... <laughs> Yeah, it's nice. So, you know, hey, on, on November 7th, pop on to twitch.tv slash sceneworld and, and watch our watch whatever part of the stream is, is going on. We'll be on all day and, and night, I guess. And we will we will do a local recording and we will put it up on, on Vimeo and, and yeah. uh, mm -hmm. YouTube. So even after that, we will point you to how you can donate. So if you miss it, don't worry, you can still be a part of it and right. donate. And it won't be the last time that that we are um, broadcasting. Yeah, yeah um, we're going to make use of this more in the future. We're we're kind of we're, we're you know we're we're looking at things and expanding things. And I got so much stuff uh, on my list of stuff yeah. to do. It's it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but, yeah, like like um, like Ricky Knuckles actually invited you to come over and yeah, yeah. make a show at his um, arcade. Yeah. Yeah. which you well, hopefully will do next year. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'll be nice. It's nearby where I am, so, you know, it's, it's you doable. You definitely should that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd be and down since, with that. And since um, Rick, Rick, Richie Knuckles um, did promotion for the a video game con. Um, yeah. I didn't see him. He was there, but I didn't see him, but he was there. His, his machines were there. Yeah, I saw his games. Yeah, I saw his games. I didn't see him. But but you see, the promotion worked because there were a whole lot of people there. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, place was packed. Yeah. All right. Well, we've I think we've talked plenty of this for this. Okay. So let's okay. let's talk to uh, let's get right into it with with Rick, who's who's waiting uh in the past yeah. over there. <laughs> so yes, so today we are talking to Rick Heaton, 
who is the community manager of Extra Life, correct? Yes, correct. I'm the community manager for Extra Life at Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, ah, no problem. Here. Yes, wonderful. So, um, actually, we mentioned Extra Life before um, because we spoke to the fractals that are unfortunately no more, but they are still a team at Extra Life. Correct. And yep. um, AJ and I, we are part of that team, and that is why we wanted to um, talk to you, Rick, because you also have an, an event coming on the first Saturday in November. Um, the second, uh, wait a second. I'm doing my math. November 7th is the date. I haven't looked exactly. at it. Exactly. The first Okay, the that's first Saturday. the first Saturday? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so first, let's talk a bit about um, how did you actually, Rick, how did you actually start um, with, with video games and that stuff? Because I guess you have to have a heart for video games to actually be a community manager of such an organization. Sure. I, gosh, um, I guess I was really kind of maybe seven or eight. Um, my sister had bought my brother-in-law Pong for Christmas one year and I was over their house and started playing it and wow, this is fun. And it just kind of evolved from there when I was, uh, I guess 11, I had a paper route and I bought an Atari 2600 and I was kind of the cool kid on the block at that point, right? I was the only kid that, that had the Atari. And it just progressed from there into Nintendos and Playstations and Xboxes. And um, I actually worked in the games industry uh, for a number of years. I worked for WB Games, uh, their turbine studio here in Boston. I was a community manager for Lord of the Rings Online. Wow. Um, and then I moved over to Extra Life. So yeah, I've kind of been uh, around games for almost my entire life. Wow, so you are like around since the 70s, basically. Yeah, since before video gaming was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> So, so actually, you have you have been working in the video game business. So, what did you what did you make your move? What was your decision to say I want to to um, work for for the hospital and be a community uh, community manager there and help collecting money for for kids for sick kids? Sure. So I was. At Warner Brothers Games, uh, I was the community manager for the Lord of the Rings Online, uh, and a coworker came to me and said, hey, have you heard about Extra Life? Uh, it's this really cool thing where you get to play games uh, for 24 hours and raise money for sick kids in hospitals. I was thinking about doing it. Do you want to do it too? What do you think? Let's, let's start a team. So I looked into it, and I said, yeah, this, this sounds pretty cool. Let's try this. Let's raise a little money for, for our local children's hospital here, Boston Children's. And uh, it really kind of blew up. We raised over $20,000 that first year. Um, the next year, uh, I think Team Turbine raised almost 70000 or 60000 And then the third year, we raised over 70000 And then I saw that Extra Life was looking for a community manager themselves. And I figured, you know what? Instead of just me raising money with, with a handful of guys uh, here in Boston, let's, uh, let's go out there and, and help them you know, nationally do this. Uh, so I went through the interview process, and I got the job. And, and I guess it's a totally different kind of work. It is. Um, I don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of MMO players screaming at me, why did you break this? Um, so <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> um, it is nice getting up in the morning realizing that, you know, I, uh, everything I do today is going to help a child somewhere. Uh, that's really kind of a powerful thing to, to realize. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not feeding the corporate wheel, as it were. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something every day that's making a difference, you know, to a child or a family. So that's, it's really a, a nice thing to be able to say, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. And this is uh, it's it's this is a, a thing that really benefits a, a lot of people in in that um, uh, pretty much all of the donations go straight to where you want them to go. Correct. When when you sign up for Extra Life, which you can do at extra-life.org, um, you choose the hospital you want to play for. We have 170 hospitals throughout North America. Um, that's U.S., Canada, Puerto Rico. And you pick the hospital you want to raise money for, and the money you raise, that's where it goes. It's not like um, you know some charities, they say, well, raise money for this, and then they decide where it goes or which hospital gets it. You get to decide that. Right. Actually, I've read, I've read on the FHQ, I think it was, that you're actually looking into spreading the concept across Europe as well. Yes, we are. Um, it's something we really want to do. I mean, gaming is an international thing, um, so we would love for everyone all over the world to get involved. But when you start talking about charities and not-for-profits and, and hospitals and children, a lot of legal mumbo-jumbo and messes get thrown into that pile. And it can be pretty tricky to navigate all the laws of, you know, 200 and some odd countries throughout the world. So it's kind of a, a one step forward, two step back process trying to get this done. Uh, but we, we are constantly looking to, to make it happen. So hopefully. Uh, I mean, that's the interesting thing here because um, I'm myself a retro gamer and I like to collect um, old video game consoles and stuff. And one one sentence I've sometimes heard from people that don't have an understanding in this like um why do you spend money on computer trash you could donate the money to kids or some something you know to sick kids or something so it's kind of interesting that there's extra life that actually um earns donations by doing something like time wasting you know yeah exactly um, and turning it into something positive. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, everybody's got their thing, right? Everybody has a hobby they enjoy doing. And for the athletic set amongst us, you know, you, you can run a marathon or you can bike across your, your state or your country and, and people will help you raise money for whatever cause you have. And what we saw was that, you know, there's, there's millions of gamers out there who are looking for a way that they can do what they do and raise money at the same time. And we just tapped into sort of this existing pool of, of excited, passionate gamers who want to help kids just by playing video games. And so far, it's been massively successful. We've raised over $14 million since 2008. And we, this isn't limited to, uh, to just video gaming. You know, we, we, we've spoken to, uh, well, as Jörg mentioned, we talked to the Frag Dolls. And, and I mean, this, this goes to tabletop gaming and, and all kinds of other stuff, pretty much anything that falls within the realm of gaming. Right, correct. Uh, like we say, play games, heal kids, and games is a very broad topic. It can be whatever you want. It can be video games. It can be, you know, you can play solitaire if that's your thing. <laughs> um, and with real cards, you don't even have to play it on, on Windows or whatever. Uh, yeah, tabletop actually accounts for something like 25% of our participants. It's a huge factor. Um, we're very fortunate to have support of um, WOTC, uh, Wizards of the Coast, and also uh, Geek and Sundry have, have stepped up and helped us in the past. So tabletopping is a huge part. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, if you look, if you look um, at, at the possibilities and um, I mean, for example, I'm playing for international sick kids and we actually which is, discussed Which is earlier. an actual thing, which is, uh, he told me that. And, and the first thing I thought was, what? International sick kids? That's not a thing. <laughs> 
It, and, uh, it's one of our hospitals in Toronto. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it really is a thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, we, I think we have three hospitals, one in Toronto, one in Boston and, and one in Indianapolis, if I'm not mistaken. So you can kind of pick which way you want to go with it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what would interest me is you said, you said it's different because you don't have players and an, um, and an MMO screaming at you. So <laughs> what, what does your daily job life look like? Um, so it, it's kind of different every day, which is why I love community management. It's, it's whatever's, you know, happening now. So I'll, I'll spend a lot of time talking with individual um, participants who have questions about the program or I deal a lot with kind of a sub program we, we have called the guild program where we actually organize groups of gamers within cities, um, to play for a specific hospital. So, You know, Boston has one, Seattle has one, Austin. There's 54 of them currently uh, within our network. And so I'll talk to those guys. They're led by, you know, a president, vice president, secretary, just like any kind of any kind of club would be. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have questions. Are we allowed to do this? Are we allowed to do that? Um, they, there are obviously guidelines they have to follow. So I interact with them a lot. Um, I interact with, you know, on the hospital side, the hospital program directors who have questions about extra life and How do they get in touch with their players or should they be saying these kind of things to their players? It's actually kind of fun sometimes to talk to people um, that aren't gamers about how do you talk to a gamer? Uh, just like <laughs> regular people. They're just normal people. Just talk to them. They, they think there's uh, sometimes this kind of like, you know, secret code that gamers know that no one else knows. Um, so I, I spend time telling, uh, telling hospital folks, no, 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 just talk to them. They, they don't bite. Yeah, that's another point because you wouldn't really connect hospitals to video games in a way. No, right off, you kind of don't. Um, you know, you, you think hospital, you think something, you know, gee, something terrible has happened and now it's time to get very serious and it's not about having fun and, and being jovial. But the great thing about our hospitals is, you know, the first time I ever walked into Boston Children's, for an example, I wasn't sure I was in the right place. It didn't feel like a hospital. It didn't look like a hospital. And there's... There's groups within all of our hospitals uh, called Child Life's Experts, which they basically, they take time out of every kid's day, what, however serious their illness may be, to remind them that they're kids. Um, they play games with them. If, they, if they're having a birthday, they'll have a birthday party for them. It, it's an effort to kind of give kids back being a kid, you know, um, regardless of what, uh, what the problem is. You know, our, our hospitals treat everything from, say, a broken arm to, you know, cancer, life-threatening illnesses. So sometimes just being able to be a kid for an hour means a lot. Yeah, because a lot of these a lot of these kids are in there for for most of their their lives uh more or less and uh it it's tough to it's tough to maintain that kind of that childhood when you're when you're in a in a place like that every day. Exactly. And it's and it's tough on the parents too. So it It helps the parents out by they get to see their their children, you know, get to do kid things, right? I think that's really really important too because you know uh, I've you know I, I work. This is something that I don't normally talk about on the podcast, but in in real life I work with a, a population developmentally disabled adults, and uh, it's it's really important with with you know people with with special needs, whether that be you know. A, a developmentally disabled adult or a a child that has you know serious medical issues to kind of maintain that that normality that they don't get by being in a hospital exactly it it 
it's and and people I don't think realize that as much as the medicine and the doctors and everything else, your state of mind impacts your wellness and and how quickly you heal as well. Mm-hmm. So if you have some normalcy in your life, um, it kind of takes away the the dark creeping corners where you know everything is traditionally in a hospital, so very cold and static, and you, you just kind of feel isolated and alone. And it it gives you that little bit of hope that sometimes can make the difference. Right. right. So, um, what was so far the nice nicest experience since you are with Extra Life? Um, the nicest experience probably would be the first time I ever got to go to Momentum. So once a year, we we have an event where we bring 65 of our champion children. These are children who have had, you know, a pretty hard time. And we just sort of celebrate them down in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. And we bring in our corporate, our corporate sponsors. Um, Disney gives them a day in the park. Chico's SAS uh, gives the mothers makeovers. Um, Delta flies everyone down. It's, it's just an amazing event. And these kids are literally treated like champions. When they get off the bus, you know, the, the whole staff and crew are down there cheering them as they come off the bus. It's like uh, Super Bowl champions coming home from, from the Super Bowl, right? Um, and it's just that kind of outpouring of you're awesome, you're great, um, everybody loves you, and, and just really making them feel special. And it's hard to go to that and not come away changed. And that was a fantastic experience. I'm looking forward to doing it again every year. So I guess that means you have your dream job in a way. Yeah, in a way. You know, it, it, it's funny because <laughs> my dream job. So when I was offered this position, I was actually in my dream job, right? I'm a gamer. I'm working for a game developer. I'm working on an IP, the Lord of the Rings, that, you know, I've read since I was eight. So it was like the perfect combination of game industry literary, you know, intellectual property that I love. And then someone comes along and says, you know, hey, let's go save kids. Uh, so it did take me a day or two, actually. But uh, when I was done, I was like, you know what? I, I can do that and have it mean something. So let, let's go do this. And, that, and that's when I took the job. But yeah, it, it has turned into a, a complete better than dream job sense. So um, do, you, do you also like recruit famous video game people to to um, help you in those events or appear um, sometimes yes sometimes no um, it seems to me that a lot of these these men and women who, who are out there and you know the the youtubers and, and the twitch streamers they hear about it and get involved just because they recognize that they have a platform and a voice right and they say let, let me use my celebrity to do something good so we see more than us necessarily going out there and recruiting them We see them coming to us saying, hey, I heard about you. How can I help? And, you know, largely it's do what you do. You know, get, get, get your community, you know, aligned with ours and, and raise some money. And they raise outrageous sums. Yeah, well, I just got the idea because we had once an interview with Charles Martinet, you know, the <laughs> Mario voice guy. <laughs> yeah. And he repeatedly said how much he loves kids and interacting with them and, you know, And and playing Super Mario Kart with the kids, you know, in real, in person. So um, that is why, why I got the idea. Maybe there are others who think the same and would, would love to, well, maybe contact you and help you with an event or maybe even appear. 
Hey, if, if any you know gaming voiceover people or industry people you know want to get involved, send me a note. <laughs> uh, we're we're always happy to hear from everyone. So, so you actually have um, a support f f um, contact form to contact you or yep. Extra Life. Okay. Yep, just send support at extra-life.org. So um, apart from, from spreading across Europe, what other plans you have? Well, right now we're kind of super focused in on November 7th because it's getting really close here. We're under a month away. Um, and then we're looking at, you know, next year. And, you know, how do we make the program bigger? How do we grow it in terms of people and dollars and, and help even more kids? It's always, um, I guess, an evolutionary process. Um, each year you kind of sit back and say, okay, here's all the things we did that worked. Here's all the things we did that didn't work so well. So let's focus more on these and less on those. And let's kind of find more things to, uh, to make the program bigger and bring more people in. What will you be doing on the on the seventh? What is your What are your plans for the twenty four hour? Be sleeping. Um, <laughs> although I'm sure by like hour twenty, I I probably wish I was. Yeah. Um, I will be uh, with the whole Extra Life team in Salt Lake City. We're actually turning um, the seventh into kind of like a family day uh, at our office. Hmm. So we're we're going to have uh, kind of a whole big deal there, and you know, bring people in. We'll be all there. We'll be doing our stream um, on our Twitch channel, which is Extra Life for Kids, Extra Life, the number four kids. Um, so you can check in on us from time to time, and we'll be checking in on other streamers and seeing what they're doing and, you know, just sort of helping rally the troops. Nice, nice. We're, we're still figuring out what we're going to do. It's, it's, it's a challenge, but, you know, it's fun. Well, it's such a simple thing, and then you start yeah. thinking, but I have to do it for 24 hours. How do I fill that time? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the guidelines are so are so open that you really don't need to do it for 24 hours. You, you know, it, it, it's such a such a the, the the idea is to is to game for 24 hours, but it's so open to to if you can't game for 24 hours, then do what you want to do. You know, it's you can right. you know the guidelines are are such that you can really interpret. How, how you present it in any way that you really want to. Right. Like, like I tell people when they say, oh, my God, I can't stay up for 24 hours. I said, all right, so give me four sixes or six fours. You know, what, however you want to break it down, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And right. what I've actually found is when people start to think about it um, throughout the course of the year, they end up doing far more than 24 hours. They'll right. do a couple hours here. They'll do an hour there. You know, and by the time they get to the end of the year, they realize they probably put in a week, right. which is amazing. Well, on the other, on the other, um, on the other hand, you can actually record something and play it back or something. So there are so much possibilities to to um, fill the gap of twenty four hours. Sure, definitely. And and the other thing that you know, we because we we kind of sort of live online and we always think of streaming and and stuff like that. We tend to forget that streaming is actually one of the smallest groups within Extra Life. Um, the overwhelming majority of extra lifers don't stream. They actually, they'll go over a friend's house for the weekend and they'll all play together completely offline. Or, you know, they'll, they'll get with uh, a local group and they may have 15, 20 people at, you know, the local, you know, rec hall or something and, and just do it there and completely offline. And that's totally cool too. You don't have to stream to be part of extra life. AJ actually was at a video game con <laughs> in New yes. Jersey and met some of you people. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I went to the extra life booth and there was a, uh, there was a, a Pac-Man time trial, which I which I sucked at. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was nice to to see everybody and kind of connect and and whatnot. Yeah, we're we're usually at most events, so mm. you can find an extra life booth at any kind of you know medium to large event in your town. 
So let me ask you, have you been at Gamescom? Probably not, because it's in Germany. What? So actually, I have. Oh. Um, uh, when I was with Warner Brothers, I actually went twice. Oh. So I went in, uh, I think, 2011 and 2013. Oh. And that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I mean, Americans just don't get it. Um, you know, they, they think, oh, E3, woo, oh, PAX, woo. Nah. <laughs> it's like Little League games. It's, uh, Gamescom is a whole different thing. It's, it's amazing. Um, so many people. It was a little scary. I was actually there the year they shut down the, uh, the convention center and they had to call in the riot police. So I was there for that one. Whoa. Okay. Why, why? Yeah, I think that was 11. Why'd they, what, they, what happened? They had to call in riot. So they had over, oversold it. Oh. And they hit max capacity in the hall, and you know Colin Massa is huge. So to overbook that, um, yeah, exactly. Um, and they had thousands of people in the parking lot, and they closed admissions, and these people had paid, and they, you know, it was Germany in the summer. It's hot, and you're on tarmac, and you're told you can't go inside. People were not happy. And of course, the problem is a law issue too. You're not insured if anything is happening. Yeah. Ooh, that's a big thing. So it was someone had to leave before you could go in. It, it was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. It, it was exciting to watch it on the news afterwards, having been totally oblivious to it all day long. Yeah. Let's let's put that in context. Wow, wow, <laughs> yeah. So so if you make it to Europe next year, then you definitely have to meet with with us. Sure. In Germany, yeah. No idea if I'm going to end up in Germany or not, but uh, you know, if it happens, if we figure out this international thing, I, I've already explained to everybody we have to go to Gamescom. That's that's where it is. You don't have to go anywhere else; just go there. So. <laughs> Plus, I love Cologne. So, yeah, Cologne is Cologne is nice too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's right that you mentioned it. It's not so easy to to go international. I mean, if you see the Kickstarter just got um, into Germany this year. They took years to actually uh, go go into Germany. So um, I guess this funding thing and donations is really a big law, law issue thing. It, it really is. And then there's the whole privacy issues. You know, um, uh, you collect someone's personal information. Laws are different in Germany and in France and in the UK. And then you have the whole EU you know, law thing. And it, it's just, it is an ugly web uh, of laws that, you know, it's, I've actually seen when I was with Warner Brothers where we would try to do things that were global. And, you know, the lawyers would come back and say, well, if you word it this way, it's illegal in this country, but you have to word it that way to make it legal in that country. So in, in some instances, making it legal in one country actually makes it illegal in another. It's just... <laughs> crazy it doesn't make any sense so it's very challenging to do anything internationally especially when when you involve personally identifiable information and money so you 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 kind of put your experience um of one brother also with your job at extra life right now absolutely absolutely a lot of things apply i mean there there's you know we're dealing with gamers we're, we're going to you know events and 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 shows and stuff that, that i went to for years and years as an industry person, and it, it kind of makes it a little easier to to wade through the waters and say, "Oh, look, you know, let, let let's go to this show. Let's not worry so much about that show," and, and just you know, generally share my experiences. So, so game day is the seventh, and that is when oh. most of the most of the action happens. Um, now, I've read 
in in the in the FAQ that there that you can continue to fundraise after that date. Now, will, will that be for this go around, or will that be for like the next go around? You know what I mean. It's, so our year is actually a calendar year. Okay. So it'll be for this go around. So December thirty first is kind of the cutoff for raising money for twenty fifteen. Cool. So we so can. The, the only caveat I throw on that is we we do have the ESA challenge. I don't know if you're if uh, you're aware of that or not. No, we're not. So the ESA has given us um, some funds to give to the hospitals um, that raise the most money and the hospitals that raise the most money per capita. So that kind of lets the little smaller markets sort of you know have a shot at at this money. That does have to be all in and all counted by November eighth at eight a.m. Okay. To, to qualify for that. If you're trying to raise money to get your hospital the ESA funds, that does have to be in uh, November 8th, 8 a.m. But you can absolutely continue raising money past that just generally. Um, now, I would like to know what's actually the reaction of the hospital managers and so on when they when they realize that they are successful in, in um, helping kids and raising money by, by cooperating with video gamers. So it's really been fun to watch, um, both in terms of the experiences that have been relayed to me um, from before I got here and just myself in general. They are really kind of overwhelmed. It, it's it's kind of funny because, you know, I, I, I talked earlier about it. It's nice not to be yelled at by several hundred thousand screaming gamers. <laughs> but they only yell at you because they're passionate, right? Because they want something so bad. And it's that same level of passion that they bring to Extra Life. So it, it's kind of been fun to watch hospital PDs see that passion and just be kind of in awe of it. So to the, to the point where um, <clears throat> the hospitals come to us and say, how do I get a guild? How do I you know, activate my gamers more? This is huge. This is great. We want to be even more involved next year. Huh, it's, it's, it's also interesting to mention that some doctors are the best gamers and the other <laughs> way around. Um, actually, yeah. actually, I, I spoke, I had an interview with Hank Chen, who is actually the world record leader in Donkey Kong, and he is a plastic surgeon. And really? Yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense when you think about it. You're talking about a fine motor skill, so it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And actually, I read, a, I, I read an article about it, like... If you get a surgery, ask your surgeon if, if he's good at Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Spatial organization. Yeah, I would want my surgeon to be kind of good at visualizing shapes in three dimensions. That would probably be important. Yeah. Putting everything back together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> None of this weight. I think I have an extra piece. <laughs> yeah. All right. And now now let's go for the few from the parents actually. What is what's what is the feedback you get from parents? I mean, I guess they're they are more open to what 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 their child are doing. But on the other hand, I guess a lot of them would worry, you know, if that is any good for their kids, you know? If sure. um if if you spend time in, in front of video games I uh, I always remember my mom's like saying don't don't play too much it's not good it's making you silly and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I heard the same thing from my mother. Go out go outside and play. Don't don't sit in front of that stupid thing all day. Um, but now she writes me a check every year. <laughs> she says, yeah. "Here's my donation." Um, you know it it's funny at first. Um, you you, you kind of get two different attitudes towards it. I was at an event um, in New York City where a couple of parents actually brought their kid in. And kid, he was, he was 14, 15 years old. 
and the parents are very big uh, into philanthropy in general. And they had heard about the meeting. They had heard about Extra Life. And their son's a big Call of Duty fan. And they've been looking for a way to get him involved, you know, in, in philanthropic giving. And they brought him along to learn about Extra Life. So I, I've seen parents that are supportive, you know, to that degree. And, and I've seen parents who, you know, kind of look at it as, oh, well, if you're going to play them anyway, <laughs> it might as well be for, <laughs> for something good. Um, so I've seen kind of both ends of the spectrum, but I've never really had anyone come up and say, you know, this is terrible that you're getting kids to, you know, basically sit on their butts for 24 hours. Because we do say, you know, as we mentioned before, or any period of time that you feel you can dedicate in one city. You know, right. um, I, there's a he's actually our, our champion in uh, in Vermont. His name's Noah. He's eight. The guy's amazing. He's uh, he's one of our one of our champions. He's one of our patients. Uh, but he's already raised something like twenty five thousand dollars this year. And he's a big Extra Life fan. So I got to meet him a couple of weeks ago. It was great. And his, his parents just think Extra Life is the greatest thing ever. So he is, he's a, uh, he's one of the kids that's being helped and he's also yes. helping other kids. Exactly. And, and he's not unique. We see a lot of that or, or we'll see, um, you know, adults who say, you know, I was in a children's hospital and I, I, I do this to give back to everyone who helped me have a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. So you find real quick doing this, there are more people out there who have benefited from a children's hospital, specifically a CMN hospital, than you ever thought possible. It, it's, it's really amazing to see how many lives have been touched. And that's something that we, we heard with, from, from other people that have taken part in this. And, you know, I mean, uh, when we talked to, to the, the two from the Frag Dolls, they were kind of almost misty be, talking about how they got to meet some of these kids and, and, you know, one of the kids, they, they gave them a PlayStation or something and they were just, you know. Oh, so, so you were talking to Crystal and Michelle. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, they, they came to Momentum, the thing I was talking about. Oh, before. okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they did. Uh, we gave all of the all of the kids that were there, um, thanks to, to PlayStation, they donated uh, a PlayStation 4 to every kid, every one of our champion kids. Mm-hmm. And it, it was amazing. And, you know, talking about the parents, when we announced... Um, that the kids were getting the, the PlayStation 4, there, there was like a, a second delay, right? The kids immediately went into, oh my God, I'm getting a PS4. This is so amazing, right? Like just kind of lost it. And there was this slow dawning on the parents of, I've just been given this $400 video game console that in many cases I could have never done for my own child. And then you saw them, while the, while the kids were kind of going through the roof, like, like we had just given them an entire box of chocolates or something, um, you you kind of saw the parents sort of break down a little bit and start to cry, um, you know, tears of happiness, not 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 of sadness that you know the, this incredible thing had been done for their child on, uh, through PlayStation. It, it, it was something to see, it, it, and it's something that that you know you, you think about it, and yeah, it's a video game or whatever. But I mean, it's such a huge huge thing to some people, you know, that that like you said, they might not be able to do that for themselves, or right. you know, and it's it's. It, it you know it can really change someone's someone's life for the for the better for you know for for a while and i i think it's also good for the kids that are champions and and raise money for other kids because oh, yeah. um i know as a child you think different i mean 
I, I, I don't go know about to, I you, but I think the same way I did when I was a child. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm still a big child. Anyway, no, no. I, my point was, um, as a child, you don't you don't realize that maybe other families can't afford what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I saw my friend at school having all a Game Boy or Super Nintendo. And and myself a Commodore sixty four and I thought that is like the normal thing in the world, you know. And but but kids usually don't realize maybe that other families maybe don't have the money. So it's actually good as a social aspect, you know. Um because I think for the kids it's it's life changing. It's probably giving um a big, big positive attitude in their personal personality, in their oh, future lives. I, I agree completely. I, I think when you're when you're really young, you don't have perspective, right? You you're kind of this is my world, and and mom and dad are are pretty much taking care of everything, and you, you kind of don't see beyond that. And since you know people tend to move in 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 similar circles, if you go to your friends, like you were saying, they they're pretty much the same economic class as your parents were. Um, so you you don't necessarily see you know those above or below you economically speaking, and, and I think you know for for a lot of people, the the first time that they kind of get a taste of that is sadly when when something bad happens, right? And, and and you suddenly realize that you know mom and dad don't have control of the universe, and and sometimes things happen, and and, and you know you, you end up in a hospital or something, and, and you start to see these other things. Um, it, it's it, it's not easy being a kid because the, the there are so many things that that happen that kind of make you grow up faster than I think any of us would ever want to or or any of us would ever want our kids to right. and unfortunately being hospitalized is one of those things on on the other hand i think also that this extra life thing is giving a positive image to the hospitals that are taking part and are involved with that because i don't know how it is in america but here in germany Going to the hospital is a negative thing, and people are like, "Oh no, it's cold and white and clinical and so on." <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be in there, and I don't want to be in there longer than a week. And you know, I, and I as, people are lining up to go to hospitals in the U.S. either, um, at least not for positive reasons. I, I, yeah. I'm certainly. I, I'm just getting over a cold, and I, I fought even going to a doctor. It's like, no, it's just a cold. <laughs> I'll, I'll be fine. You're not getting me into one of those guys. Um, but no, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think, you know, for, for us, I I don't know that it makes the hospital, the experience of having to be in hospital better. I think what it does is it makes your experience while you're in hospital better because, Mm -hmm. you know, the funds we raise do make things a, a lot easier, you know, for the kids, like I said before, to be kids, you know, when, when their treatment allows it. And, uh, yeah, I, I I don't operate under any delusion that these kids are like, woohoo, I'm I'm in the hospital, I get to play video games. But it it's definitely, you know, I'm stuck here in this room and oh, but I know at two o'clock the video games are gonna come by, or I I know at three o'clock I, the the child services people are gonna take me into the playroom and I can play with Legos or something. And then, there is that something to look forward to. And in in talking to the the, the child life people uh, at at Boston Children's one time, they said. <laughs> The the playroom is, and this is what they said. True story or not? I don't know. This is what they said. <laughs> the, the playroom is is off limits for doctors. All right. If you go into the playroom, you're a kid. Uh-huh. If a doctor wants to come in the playroom, it is to play with the kids, whatever games the kids want to play. 
It is not a place where they get medicine. It is not a place where they get poked and prodded and, you know, all the medical stuff like they do in their room. So apparently some kids get pretty good at knowing when it's time for their meds and they run to the playrooms. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, nope, safe. I'm on base. You can't touch me. And then, then it takes a little prodding to get them back out. But it's, Again, it's just one of those things where, you know, that that's a kid being a kid, right? And that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. And Children's Miracle Network, who who you work through, um, they've kind of taken big strides over the last 15, 20 years in, in really kind of changing the environment of the hospital into something that's not as awful. Right. One of the things I say is, like, there's nothing worse as a kid than you have to go to a hospital, right? Because... You know, like you were saying, it's white, it's clinical, it's stark, it's cold. You know, it's it's just, it's a terrifying place for a little kid. Oof. And what makes it worse is when you look up in your parents' eyes, if it's something bad, that, you know, rock, that confidence that you always get because mom and dad can make it better. If your parents are stressing out and they don't look like everything's under control and it'll be fine, that makes it 10 times worse for you, right? Yeah. But to be in an environment where... You know, it's bright and it's colorful and, you know, it's it's going to be okay. We, we think we can fix this or, you know, even for, just for kids with a broken arm, you know, going into that environment is kind of terrifying. But if, if you can make it a little lighter and, and a little less, you know, clinical and oppressive looking, that's that's a huge step. Like you said, when you when you were entering, I guess, Boston Hospital, you said it didn't look like a hospital, right? It, it really didn't. It was I, I actually called up the my hospital contact and said am i in, am i in the right place i'm not real sure um they had one of these kind of cool you know perpetual motion machines in the lobby and it was fascinating watching all these balls flip down and there was a cvs down there where you could pick up a soda or something there was a, a little snack bar and a little waterfall and um they, they've remodeled and i haven't been back since so i don't know if it's still like this but there, there was a flight of stairs that were musical so you <laughs> run up and down it's like running running up and down a piano keyboard that was entertaining for hours yeah. um but it really didn't feel like that whole you know when when i go to the hospital with my mother who's 85 years old and you know you, you walk into the stark white ra- waiting room and they wheel you into the little stark white room and you put on a little white gown and no good uh but this really didn't feel like a hospital at all Musical stairs should be a part of every hospital. Musical stairs should be a part of every home. But yeah, that's that. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I would get tons of exercise. Oh, good lord! Yeah, yeah. I did, I would love to see you know like eighty year old people in a hospital going up and down musical stairs. That would be that. That would just make things so much better. Yeah. The the, the great thing about it was at the top of the stairs was where they drew blood. Oh, jeez! <laughs> it like, it's a trap. But it, it was it was very cool. Yeah, <laughs> you're talking about it. I, I just saw an interview like last week with the 103 years old woman who said, "Like I like my t- Nintendo DS because it yeah. keeps me healthy." You know, keeps your brain active. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's you know, my grandma is a she's a Tetris master and she's go. moved on to Bejeweled and stuff now. But I mean, she's a beast at that stuff, and and I think it does definitely do something for you. Oh, definitely. I, I would agree. Helps keep the mind sharp. You're giving it something to do. You're giving it puzzles to solve. Right, right. And it's interesting because um, when I first thought about hospitals, I said to H.A., okay, maybe this guy we are talking today is not really involved into video games so much. But now <laughs> I hear the total opposite, you know? <laughs> so, 
No. Like, oh. like you are totally into it, you know. You oh, actually big... worked for the industry, so. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and and I was you know on the press side of things for several years too. But no, I'm I'm definitely into it. You know, I'm 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 sitting here in my loft, and it's like you know between. Uh, I, I think my bookcase has about ten books on it, and the rest are all video games. So. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I just saw like a few months ago they released the untold history of Japanese video games. Oh really? That's one of those books I want to read next. Yeah. It's it's getting pretty expensive because it, there are not so many copies left. Right. Yeah, That's, limited run. Yeah. Mm. You print yourself. Yeah, so um so so we talked about the um the goals from Extra Life. As, as you said, but what are your personal goals, Rick? So my personal goal this year is to raise a thousand dollars. I'm about six hundred there, um, so I got a little bit more to do. Um, so I, I'm I'm sixty percent of the way there. I think I've raised six hundred and ten. Um, Extra Life as a whole, uh, I think our goal is nine million for the year. So okay. a little bit of work to do on, on all fronts. We just crossed two million already, which is the earliest we've ever raised that much money. Wow. Yeah, so so how much money do you actually um, raise um, well, average they, on? Uh, they made on, they raised four million in twenty thirteen. Uh, I have that figure. Uh, I don't know what okay. was raised last year. Um, Six point one was okay. last year in in twenty fourteen, and this year we're looking for nine. Nice. So, okay. Personally, I'm looking for ten, but nine nine is our official goal. I just like double digits. Yeah. Yeah. Nice round numbers. And. Yeah. Um, and what what are your goals for Europe? As I said, Europe is the next step, and that m maybe takes a while still to get to Europe. But did you already make your make up your mind what you would like to change in Europe, or what you would like to make different? The the thing we'd like to change and make different is be able to bring extra life to Europe. I mean that that's obviously the the big challenge, and that's it's just a question of, of wading through all the regulatory challenges, and that's just going to take time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, Europe Europeans are probably a bit different than Americans. You know, you, you I mean, a bit. Yeah, I, I, I'd uh, say they're a bit different. No, <laughs> exactly the same. No, I, I think it's you know, and and it, it can be challenging, you know, for Americans to understand this. Um, when when we say North America, Canada is not that different from right. the United States. And, you know, the United States, we don't really stop to think about as being technically 50 individual states with their own laws and uh, their own way of doing things. And, and because of that, most Americans, when they say Europe, they, they take that sort of context and try to apply it to Europe. But Germany isn't the same as Austria and they're not the same as Britain and they're not the same as Italy. And so now you start getting all of these things, even within the EU framework. Um, there's so much that's different where it, it's just a challenge. You, you, you've almost got to have as, you know, a, a different organization for every country. And on a certain level that becomes impractical. And if you, if you make the jump to Europe, you would have the advantage that at least there's one organization for the whole world kind of. Yeah. I mean, that, that would sort of make it a little easier, you know, in, instead of having to, to generate, you know, How many countries are in the world right now? 250 some odd. Too many. Yeah, that, that would. Be, <laughs> let's just consolidate them all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But one organization is a lot easier to deal with than you know 
two hundred. Then yeah. then you end up with like Hydra, and that's bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just amazed because I realized, especially since the last year, a lot of organization and companies are trying to to reach out to other regions in the world. Um, I mean, for example, this this year I talked to a lot of people from Uganda and uh, and other African countries because now they have a fast internet, broadband internet. So that's the whole whole world coming to us. Um, yeah, and 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 I think that's something people forget. It's th there are pockets in the world that are just now getting to where you know the U.S. and Europe were ten years ago, fifteen mm -hmm. years ago, mm -hmm. and. Again, and, and I, on this score, I think Europeans and Americans are very similar in that, that we kind of, you know, we, we think so local, we, we forget other parts of the world. And I don't mean that in a negative way. We just forget that other parts of the world don't develop at the same rate mm. that we do. Um, so you, you kind of just assume that Uganda should have always been on the Internet. <laughs> but in reality, you know, they, they weren't. Yeah. I mean, it's just an example. I mean... At 20 years ago, when, when I was at school, I learned something like uh, in the poor part of Africa, you mostly eat mashed potatoes and rice, you know. And when, when, I, when I did the first time with, with a woman from Uganda, a Skype video call, she was eating French fries <laughs> in one hand and on the other hand was a ketchup bottle. So I was like, okay, so this is like fast food. Well, still a, it's still a, a potato thing. product. Yeah. I mean, technically, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's still a starchy food. Um, <laughs> no, and, and, you know, that's like a whole other conversation about it. it's a little sad that sometimes fast food is the first, I don't even want to use the word, you know, advanced um, thing that, that some of these countries get. It's like doesn't speak well for us in, in, in the quote unquote developed world that the first thing we export is crap. So, yeah, uh, I mean, anyway, anyway, I didn't I didn't want to make promotion for fast food. I just want to say that <laughs> this, that this podcast to to brought to you by Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to say that Europe is maybe the first step and then you, you go to other parts in the world. You know? Yeah, certainly. I mean, there's. And it's, you know, every time we go into a different geographic region, we're going to have the same problem. I mean, whether it's Europe or Africa or Asia or wherever, you still have to deal with, you know, the the countless web of laws and politics and, and just, you know, stuff. Yeah, it's it's just a question of time where, where even uh, such organizations like Xpra Life will make a, a global impact, not just national divide. Oh, I agree. I agree. Oh, I mean, and, I, I, and I think, you know, kind of we do as, as it is, because obviously, you know, you're playing for sick kids in Toronto. Um, so we, we do have member hospitals that go out, you know, and, and with the money raised through Extra Life and, and through other sources, they do go back out into other parts of the world. I know, you know, sick kids is one. And uh, I know Boston Children's does, speaking of Africa, do, does a lot of work in Africa, you know, and, and they're an international hospital that you can raise funds for in Extra Life as well. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you can make an international impact now today by using one of the three hospitals that we have designated as international. But I do think there, there's a tremendous opportunity for growth if, if we can solve the, the legal and regulatory issues in the future. And, and as you mentioned, some of these hospitals being international, they, uh, the funding that they do get isn't, isn't uh, limited to what they can use it for. So, Correct. 
So if you're, you know, if you're funding, if you raise funds for, for a hospital that does overseas work or that, you know, does other stuff, some of it could end up all over, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's the impact that people can have is really not just limited to, you know, this, this one brick and mortar building in, you know, wherever. Right. Exactly. The, the thing I love the most about extra life funds is that they go into a fund for our hospitals. Um, every hospital has a slightly different name for it, but it's usually something along the lines of greatest need mm-hmm. or discretionary fund. And that really is an opportunity for the hospital to say, okay, we have X number of dollars. What do we need? You know, what, what's our greatest need? What's the most pressing issue um, that, that we can fix with this money? And, and it's kind of neat to know that, you know, if, if that happens to be, you know, some piece of medical equipment that costs $100,000, gamers bought that. Indeed. Now, here's another question, because I'm looking at the Extra Life Facebook page, and there's one from last year in April in which your beard is extravagant. <laughs> so my question is, is this going to are, – are we are we looking at something like this for, for this year as well, the green and pink beard? So, so that was actually <laughs> – holy cow, I hate the internet like you would not believe it. Um, <laughs> So when I was when I was uh, at Warner Brothers, uh, one of the ways I kind of in, encouraged that community to get behind Extra Life and, and raise absolutely crazy amounts of money um, was to be willing to embarrass myself. So going back to that whole hundreds of thousands of gamers screaming at you and being mad, well, this was an opportunity to, for them to you know put a little money in into a good cause and and take out their frustrations on me. <laughs> Um, that was actually the the second year. The first year, I I actually had shaved it off. Oh, which was I think it had been about eighteen years since I had shaved it off. Wow! And uh, I I neglected to tell my wife the day that I shaved it, <laughs> and I came home from work and she was like, "What in the hell happened to you?" <laughs> like, um, she, she said, "I don't want to hear about it. Just how fast can you grow it back?" <laughs> So yeah, it. Uh, I haven't really thought of doing anything like that this year. You know, being with CMN Hospitals, it, it's it's a little bit tougher to to, you know, think of how how I can go do crazy, ludicrous things, mm-hmm. um, dealing with just so many more people and so many more things and helping them reach their goals. Um, but maybe after game day, if I'm still short on my thousand bucks, I, I might have to come up with something. Maybe not dying it pink and green again. That that was actually player requests. One group of players wanted pink, the other group wanted green. So I made it two separate things. If if we raised X number of dollars, I'd do it green, and if we raised X number more, I'd put pink stripes in it. So that's how that came about. Oh, okay. Wow! Okay. Oh, that's that should be a motivation to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'd if I could grow a beard, I'd follow suit. But. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, well, I'm starting kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right. So, um, so, so, where can people follow you, Rick? Actually, follow me personally. Um, I'm on Twitter at Rick Heaton. Um, you can go to the Extra Life uh, community site, which is community.extra-life.org. I'm Sapiens in our forums. Um, pretty easy, easy to find guy. And um, if if there's anybody who would like to reach out to you, we will forward the request. Great, appreciate it. We'll, we'll and of course, to... you can follow Extra Life at, at Extra Life, the number four kids on Twitter. 
and also on Facebook the same way. Okay, and we will link to all these in the podcast description. Great, great. Yeah, well, so so we, we talked for an hour. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a good cause, and I'm I'm down with it. And it's it's something that you know we've been doing this podcast for ugh, like a year now, over a year. Yes, and, and actually, since a year and three months. Yeah, yeah and it, and it's really kind of a cool thing because we get to, yeah, you know, through this, it it really you get to make more of a difference than just talking into a you know microphone and stuff and and. You know, it, it it's what we do is really kind of dorky retro computer stuff that no one's really interested in except us. But but <laughs> you know, it it it's it's cool in that we can take that and sort of translate it into into something good, you know, something that makes a difference to people. And, and I I think at a real basic level, that's that. It's kind of what we're all trying to do, right? Find the thing that we can do to make a difference. Make our little little bit of change on the world. Uh, yeah, well, just, that would be would would be all from my side. Actually, I yeah, don't yeah. have any questions left. I yeah. don't know, AJ. I'm I'm pretty good. Yeah, so we, we will definitely stay in touch yeah. and and make awesome. sure to tag you and stuff and to get um, extra life, extra life, a bit more promo. Yeah. Uh, now we, that we got the amount of listeners, even if it was one, you know, just one more person. Yeah. Well, I I I tell our our volunteers all the time. It's like. Never let someone walk by if, if you're out recruiting for extra life. Never let someone just walk by without, you know, talking to them because that may be the person, right? That may be the one person who for some reason says, wow, this is great. This is amazing. I'm going to throw all my energy in it and raises $10,000. You right, never yeah. know. Oh. Well, I guess um, that's, that's all for now. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, yeah. Thanks for talking to us. And, and it's a great great organization and it's a great cause and we will definitely uh, promote that as we go forward into into November and as we figure awesome. out what to do for it because it's bearing down on us quick yeah, yeah it is I, I keep looking at the calendar going wait yeah. <laughs> it was just April yeah yeah well I mean you could you could use the cause um, to prepare for Christmas <laughs> some people do some people do Christmas um, some people say you know on my birthday instead of getting me a present donate $25 to extra to my extra life page and mm. stuff like that yeah. a lot of people do that mm. great great. thanks right, for yeah. taking the time again and uh, we will stay in touch now yes. that now that I sent you a friend request you can't hide yeah you can't hide <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, thanks. and sure thanks guys appreciate right. it thank you alright thank you see you have a good evening so that yeah. so that was Rick Heaton. That's that was really cool, and and we're really kind of excited to be kind of taking part in this and and you know doing our our thing for for extra life. You can check out their website. It's uh, and we've said it throughout the podcast, but we'll say it a few more times. Uh, extra dash life dot org. That's the website for them. You can check out Rick's team. He's part of Team Sapiens. That's extra dash life dot org slash participant slash sapiens s a p i e n c e. Um. Me, I'm over there, extralife.org slash participant slash AJH. Jorg is extra-life.org slash participant slash NAFCOM. Donate, check us out, do all that stuff. We also have the uh, the Twitch channel that we'll be hitting up, uh, twitch.tv slash sceneworld. And I'm, I mean, there's, if you look on there, I'm sure you'll find lots of stuff. Lots of people are streaming for Extra Life, so just look around and you'll find you'll find things. I also want to point out that Rick Heaton is running... Um, X for Life podcast right, right. Vince, this year, and you can actually check that out at uh, http blog dot extra dash life 
Podcast.org slash podcasts. Cool, cool. So take a listen to that. Well, we got a few more links. Um, so, for example, if you want to check out our magazine in the emulator, you can actually go to seamworlds.org. There's all sorts of stuff there. There's issues. There's there's podcasts. There's videos. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. Soon there will be, potentially by the time you hear this, there will be a, a Twitch page on there as well, which will be streaming whatever is on our Twitch page, which is most likely going to be nothing until November 7th. Um, you can check Jurg out. He's, he's got a blog over at uh, nafcom.eu. Uh, I've got a blog that is occasionally updated. Not recently, though. It's, it's over at justwestofhell.com. Well, and you should, you should subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes. We need more viewers to our YouTube channel. Yeah. Check out our YouTube channel. Check out our Twitch channel. Check out our Vimeo channel. We're on everything. Just, you know. Right. Subscribe so to everything. So our YouTube channel is actually at youtube.sceneworld.org. Yes. Check that out. Subscribe. Like. Whatever. Or don't like. Or, or leave us terrible comments. Whatever. It's all good. We like everything. Even terrible comments. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's the podcast. Um, uh, we will see you next time. Or hear you next time. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll see or hear. Yeah.